you are listening to the Spiritual Warrior Coach with Barbara Sabin, the podcast for discovering how powerful your wisdom, compassion, and courage is. Get ready to join Barbara and her guests as they explore and offer you advice on how to reclaim your power, your energy, and your authentic self. And now, here's the host of the show, Barbara Sabin. Thank you for joining me today and welcome. I am Barbara Sabin, your spiritual warrior coach, and I am here to help you reclaim your power, your energy, and your authentic self. And I am a certified clinical medical hypnotherapist. I am a Reiki master and teacher, energy healing specialist, life coach, and best-selling author of Gentle Energy Touch, The Beginner's Guide to Hands-On Healing. You know, I have been helping my clients for over 35 years, and the older I get, hmm, the more wisdom seems to come through. So isn't it time that you believe in yourself? You know, your mind is going to provide you with your greatest challenges in life because it's so very, very powerful. So let's use it for positive thinking, creating harmony, balance, peace, love, happiness, and anything else that your heart desires. Because one day the world will tap you on your shoulder and say, this is your time to shine. And speaking about shining, I want to bring on my next guest. Her name is Nicole Odom Harnett, and she was born in Fort Lee, Virginia. She was born to military parents, and she traveled a lot, living in Virginia, Louisiana, Utah, Germany, and Maryland. And then in 2010, she uh, founded Focus Point Solutions, LLC. Initially, it was founded as a traditional housing program, but later it became a chain of assisted living facilities and then eventually outpatient substance abuse treatment programs and mental health centers. And currently, she has four locations in Maryland and still has plans for expansion in other states. And Nicole is also a published author of three books, Blended to Perfection, and Dating Made Simple for Women, and Nick's Junior's Hat Adventures. And she is currently working on three more books. And she is married to Thomas Hartnett Jr. And together they have seven very different and dynamic adult children, plus one grandson. And her first book entitled Blended to Perfection is partially based on obstacles in her life, along with the challenges of bringing the families together in the same house while dealing with inside and outside forces that were determined to see the union fail. And after a rough start and hard work, her family is now blended to perfection. Perfection. So welcome, Nicole. <laughs> wow. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. Wow, you make me sound so wonderful. <laughs> you are wonderful. Oh my God, who is that? Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's you. You're a shining star. <laughs> wow. So how did all this start for you? You know, with, with your 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 businesses, first of all. So um you know, I've always, I think I've always had the entrepreneurial spirit inside of me. Where it came from, I, you know, I have no idea because both of my parents have, um, you know, they worked for the government, either directly for the government. My, my father um, was in the army 
and he retired. And my mother was a civilian. She worked for the government. Um, so neither one of them were entrepreneurs. Um, so I think the closest that um, I was to an entrepreneur was my great uncle who, you know, was like the lone shark of the community and sold loose cigarettes and um, in the community, <laughs> that was like the closest that I can recall <laughs> of someone being an entrepreneur in the family. Um, so, you know, I've had multiple businesses, both, you know, on paper and off paper. Um, but this venture in my life, you know, I never dreamed of even being here. So I think it focus point, I guess, started um, right at or during grad school um, with the transitional housing that came about um, in grad school. And actually, it was another, an, a, had another name prior to Focus Point. It was called Never Alone um, Something Transitional Housing, um, something to that effect. And then it went into the Focus Point brand. Um, and then from there, it went into assisted livings. And then from there, it went into the behavioral health, which is the substance abuse and mental health. Um, so I just grew and grew and grew and it was just all from, you know, one day I'm like, okay, I think I should do this next and let's do this next. But it was writing down, um, my goals and some dreams and just taking it day by day and, and step by step and trying to figure out, okay what applications do I need to fill out or who do I need to speak to, to get to the next level and just not stopping. That's what it took. Wow. So you stayed focused and true I, to yourself. I stayed as focused as I possibly could. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there were some bumps along the way. Yeah. Um, there <laughs> were some detours <laughs> and some, and some, and some blurry blurred vision, but um, I tried to stay as focused as possible. And that's so important because when we have a goal in our head, the, th the thing is to really to do it the best that we can. And of right. course, we're going to have, you know, those ups and downs, but see right. what works and see what doesn't work and then just right. make it better. It, yeah, it, it definitely wasn't easy. There were some some roadblock blocks and some times where I thought that, OK, this application is never going to come through or I'm never going to be able to come up with the money for this or you know, I don't know how people do it without the funding or, you know, whatever, but none of my ventures were funded by any, you know, funding stream. Um, you know, I did it all, you know, myself or with my, with the help of my husband. Um, so, you know, it was just, just keep chugging along and here I am. That's amazing. So you're opening more facilities, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely the goal. Actually, I'm moving. I'm in the process right now of moving one location to another area to a bigger office um, because we've grown in actual programs in um, in one of the locations in one of the areas. So we needed to expand which is a great thing. Oh, sure. Now you help people with uh, substance abuse and 
so you know you're talking about yes. alcohol and everything else yes alcohol drugs um any any type of addiction and, and what made you get into that um you, you know it, it was a combination of family friends and some of my past work environment mm-hmm. um so it was like i was it, it wasn't something I sought out to do. Um, I just kind of fell into this. You know, I had some close people that had succumbed to the disease of addiction. And that was a wake up call for me. Mm-hmm. Um, prior to that, with some of the jobs that I held, Um, I was responsible for placing individuals in positions and I was basically stopped um, with the placement of those individuals because they had to take um, a urinalysis and they couldn't pass the urinalysis. And I would get that phone call and was like, okay, we can't take your student because they didn't pass or the student would come back to me and like, Miss Nicole, I'm so sorry, you know, I can't get this job because, or they would say, you know, they want me to take a urinalysis and I'm not going to pass this test. Mm. And so we would sit down and we would have a talk and I'm like, okay, well, what's going on? Why aren't you going to pass tests? And I'm like, okay, I'm like, duh. Like, (laughs) (laughs) that's a dumb question Uh to ask. (laughs) You know, not thinking, okay, people have real life challenges and Mm -hmm. this is a disease and this is before the family the whole family situation and it hit home for me um that I was dealing with this with people that weren't related to me and so I I dealt with those outside individuals and I helped them you know seek treatment or get to the next step or phase in their life um, or had those intimate conversations with them about their um, their addiction but then when it got real personal for me I looked at it totally totally different and I started reading more and I started doing the research and really learned that this is a disease just like anything else like diabetes, like cancer or any of those other diseases. And it really made sense to me. And all the other careers that I've been in, I have been helping people. Um, And it just made sense when it came time for me to, once I, got out of the roles or was looking into new licenses from the transitional housing, from the assisted livings. And the next step was, since my assisted living wasn't for the elderly population, it was for those who were duly diagnosed. The next step was for me to secure a license for substance abuse because I was familiar and I had just felt empowered and I felt like I needed to be entrenched in this community. 
well, you know, I give you a lot of credit for that. It, it's a very challenging job. It is. And, you know, I don't win all the battles with my clients all the time. Um, but it's very rewarding, whether I'm sitting with them or not, when my staff has a a, a, a wonderful story about someone who has graduated or is discharged from our program successfully. So do you feel after this, you know, successfully discharged, do they continue on being clean? A lot of them do. Some of them, you know, they relapse, they relapse sometimes. Um, but hey, as long if they come back to us or they seek another program that then we have instilled something in them to make them get up and, you know, get on that bike again and start all over. Yeah. Cause that's, uh, I, I know, uh, I've had people very close to me die from overdose. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's so tragic when you know that, as you mentioned, it is an illness it is. and they, they have to seek help, uh, to overcome all this. It's just like being addicted to sugar, but right. it's in a different sense. And it, it's, it's actually escaping reality because then when they're off their high, they come back and nothing's changed. Right. It's gotten worse. Right. So, you know, I, I know um, for myself as a healer and hypnotherapist, um, a lot of it has to do, you know, not just with their urges, but, you know, with, with the mind. Mm -hmm. They have they they have to want to do it, not that somebody else wants them to do it and get clean. Exactly. So you know, we empower people with information. So even if they come to us for an intake, and we we don't we don't secure them the first time that they come in, and they decide not to. Um, stay with us and they leave. Hopefully we've given them enough information on that first encounter that they're thinking about what we've said mm -hmm. to them, that they eventually, most of the clients, they eventually come back. Maybe that second time they're ready. They're ready. Mm -hmm. And maybe not, maybe it's the third time. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes it takes them a while before they're they're ready, but it's up to them. They have to be ready. And that's what we have explained to their family, that they have to be ready. You can't be ready for them to do it. You know, all the family, and we know that you're ready for them to, yeah. you know, to quit and everything, but it's just not that simple, unfortunately. No, it, it, it's not. And um, it's like anything else, you know, once they really feel in their heart and soul that they're done, and that they, they have to get better. Uh, that's when they, you know, seek people like yourself to help them. I'm sorry about the outside noise here. He's, <laughs> I have a gardener home <laughs> of all times. Right. <laughs> no way. <laughs> but um, yeah, they have to really be done, done, um, and really want to help themselves heal. Right, right. Because that's what it's all about. It's about healing and and, and finally giving themselves. I, I would assume their you know permission and respecting their body. 
and wanting to live a long, healthy life without this, right. uh, substance abuse. Exactly. So now do they, do they the, the people that come to you, do they stay in, in your housings or? No. So I don't have a housing program anymore. I'm strictly outpatient. <laughs> okay. So they're committed to coming, you know, uh, to you all the time. Right. They, we have groups um, twice a day. Um, we have a morning and evening. And so they don't stay with me. They are free to go home after the group um, is over. And now since we have COVID, everything, all the groups are pretty much done online. We do have the capability, of course, to have in-house groups. Mm -hmm. But they are, most of our groups now are done online. Online. Do you feel it's it's still as effective? Uh, <laughs> I, you know, we get quite a bit of participation in in groups, and my counselors say that the groups. Well, I've, I've sat in on a on a, on a couple. I've I've listened, and the clients are fairly active. They're pretty vocal. Um, I have been in house um, on a few of the, I guess before COVID, mm -hmm. um, when we were in house, like person to person, um, they are they're vocal, but you don't, I don't, I don't, they can see each other on the in the group, mm -hmm. um, but I mean you do have the capability of turning off your camera. You know, I don't know if it is <clears throat> better because you're not side by side with someone for you to be more um, interactive in the interactive in the group. Maybe that's why the groups are so vocal. I mean, they have some powerful conversation okay, well, <clears throat> in that group, which is great. So, and we have a lot of participation in our groups. So I, I am not hoping, I'm, I'm hoping that this whole um, telehealth doesn't go away anytime soon because the participation is awesome. Right. Well, that's good then. Yeah, because then if they're not able to physically come to you, at least they could, you know, hop on the Zoom right. and have conversation. And they can do the meeting from anywhere because we're in a very, three of my locations are in a very, they're in very rural areas. Um, so, it, I mean, it makes it much more convenient for them to just hop on, just like tune in and yep. you have a meeting. And, um, and you get the information that you need and, and it's, and it's very informative information for you. It's like feeding your soul. Um, so hopefully you won't go out there and use. And, um, I know as an organization, our rate, um, of participation has been very good. Oh, well, that's good. That's very good. And, mm -hmm. and, um, it's nice to know, you know, that someone like yourself is truly looking to help others, you know, and, and get off all this addiction. And right. it, it's heartbreaking. It is because I, yeah. I see it and I've been through it, you know, with loved ones. So, uh, um, and, and you say to yourself, wow, why, why didn't they just reach out to someone like yourself, you know, uh, for help or, you know, um, they just decided, 
to give up. Right. Unfortunately. Right. But um, so I commend you for for all this incredible work that you're doing. Thank you. I mean, that's uh, it's as I mentioned before, it's not easy. No, it's, it's not. Just from hearing the stories of the people who come in, that uh, alone is, you know, something to deal with, something to think about on a daily basis. So uh, besides what you're doing with that, I know you're, you're an author. You've written three books already, right? And yeah. A few more in the down the I, road there. Yeah, actually, I have a an, another one that will be coming out on um, November the 6th. It's um, Moms Who Boss Up Post-Pandemic. Um, so that one will be out um, very soon. It'll be out next month. Wow. Yeah. What, what is that about? So that book has, um, there are 16 women in the book and each of us are um, very um, different and dynamic uh, moms who have basically, you know, bossed up. We all have our own um, story to tell in our chapters of the book. And we, we tell our stories um, the way we want to tell it about our, our lives or our situations or, you know, what we have gone through. So it, it's an interesting read. So you're not reading about just one person. You're not hearing one person's voice throughout, you know, a whole book. You're reading about 16 different um, personalities. Um, and, and so it, it's, it's just a, it's a great read and it's from the, the boss up, uh, uh, brand, um, which have been bestsellers for the last, I don't know how many years. Uh, <laughs> and I, I am, you know, definitely thrilled to be a part of the brand mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, I, I can't wait till it, it comes out. It comes out. Now, mm -hmm. I, I, I know, uh, you know, I went on your website and mm -hmm. besides what you do with all the abuse and help people there, you know, you also, um, because we've been through it in my family, you know, difficulties in dealing with blended families. Mm -hmm. And I, I, you know, reading yours, I, I know, you know, you remarried, you married and, yes. and then here came other children with your children. Right. <laughs> I know because we've been through it. Um, not, not me, but my kids have been through this. And, you know, my, my daughter, for instance, had two of her own, you know, then divorced, remarried, and there was four more. So, and now all of a sudden you see the part-time or full-time and it's, it was challenging because, you know, not just from the children but the ex-wife or ex-husband or the mother-in-law or the mother it was like whoa how can you possibly get through all this you know and and finally live somewhat of a normal life and, right, and right. so it's still and I know you've you've been through all this yes yes so my husband and I um we have been together for almost 12 years we've been married it'll be nine years in February um, I have two biological children, they're boys, and he has five, three girls and two boys. Mm. Um, and we have one grandson. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So we have a full house. Um, yes. uh -huh. our, our holidays are definitely packed. And, um, you know, I couldn't, at this point, I couldn't ask for anything more. I, I love my family, but it, it wasn't always like this. Um, <laughs> I would say um, probably about a year in, maybe, I don't even know if it was a year yet. And I was like, okay, who are these people? Why am I here? Um, I want to leave this. And I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> why did I do this? Yes, it's challenging. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Um, it, it is the children um, coming together was easy peasy. It was a piece of cake. They got along um, absolutely fine. So that was not a worry. Mm -hmm. The problem came in with um, the oldest daughter and the the mother situation. Mm. The it, it was a thing where the mother was telling the her daughter things about me, and she had absolutely no idea about me. Had never had a conversation about me or with me. Um, so it was a bit of, I don't know, maybe jealousy, bitterness Something. or whatever towards a person that she knew nothing about. Mm -hmm. Um, and she was spewing all this negativity to her daughter. And of course her daughter is going to choose her mother's side mm -hmm. and believe the mother's information, which she should, because that's her mom. Right. Um, but also in that, in her spewing that, her mother was, I guess, in a probably a sad place. And so the mom, the daughter also was choosing the mom over her father, oh. which put some, some strain on their relationship. Um, I had never been in a situation like this before. I don't have any sisters. I have brothers. Um, so this was my first experience with girls and the whole cattiness and all the talking and all, all of that. Um, I never lived with my, my dad. So this was my first experience with the whole term daddy's girls. Mm -hmm. um, but it helped being with my husband helped me to understand it and actually see it in real life. And I, I was in awe of their relationship. Um, but for me, it took a toll on me mentally because I'm like, this young lady doesn't speak to me, doesn't care for me. And there's nothing that I can do or say to make her feel any differently. And I didn't do anything to her. I could right. see if I had done something to her or said something to her or even did something or said something to her mom. But I had done neither one. And there was nothing I could do to fix this. So it put me in a bad headspace. 
so that took a while for me to get out of that funk. So I had to find other things, um, some meditation, a lot of crying, some therapy, <laughs> you know, any, anything that I could to try to make me, you know, feel a little better. And I, I had to realize that, you know, I couldn't expect my husband to choose me over his daughter that would be very selfish of me i'm a parent right. i had mm -hmm. to understand um what was going on i had to really in my meditation um and just backing out of it and once i could think clearly i had to think that okay this is a situation where this lady doesn't know me. She's upset about everything, her whole life and wow. all of this. And now she's, she's just giving it to someone who's innocent in, in this, which she should never, no one should ever do this. No. Give this information to their children about the other parent. Um, and I couldn't expect him to choose between or even really understand how I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. And so I, I had to do what I needed to do for myself, which is just, you know, self-medicate by shopping and whatever else I needed to do for myself and just, you know, pray that this whole situation would clear up. And finally it, it did. And, and it relieved itself on its own. We had a conversation. I had a conversation with, um, with her, I guess it was, it was probably like a, maybe a year into it or eight months or so, that eased things a little bit. Um, she had questions for me. I answered her questions. Most of the questions she had, her dad had already answered. I was just a little more, um, I just went a little deeper with things. She can uh, and I guess she appreciated my honesty. Um, so that kind of smooshed things a little bit but then what really opened things up was when she got her boyfriend and her mom and her grandmom started treating him like she was treating me and that's what really did it oh. then she was able to see how it made me feel because he felt the same way that I was feeling and then she felt his pain wow Good for her. Wow. So she really understood. And the she fact agreed. that you sat down and spoke to her, that's, that's big. So yes. she can understand you better. Right. Right. Because neither she, when, when we moved in together, the whole family as a unit, she had moved out the very next day because she was off to college. So she never got a chance to experience me. Oh, to okay. see how I live daily, to see how I communicate and interact with everyone else. So everyone else was getting along with me just fine. Fine, yeah. 
and everyone else was like, hey, she is, yeah, she's, she's kind of cool, even though she's all right. And, yeah. You know? <laughs> but, so. It takes a while to get to that point, believe me. Right, right. Because they're interacting with me and she had never done that other than pre prior to us moving in, you know, we went to house, I was at their housewarming when her dad moved out and those type of functions but that only lasts for a couple of hours yeah and it's a lot of people around it's not personal yeah so now you know how in advance did you decide to to you know while you were dating i would assume then once you knew he was the right one for you when, when did you decide to you know get them sort of together the kids or introduce each other to each other well, once we decided to move out, both of us were um, in relationship. His relationship was on paper, meaning he was married mm -hmm. and my relationship was not. So we moved out um, on our own and for a year. Um, and once we got into our own places, the children were introduced to each other. Each other. Oh, so you waited. Mm hmm. Um, he met my oldest son, though, by accident um, before I moved out. He came into my apartment and used the restroom. And my oldest son came home. But my relationship that I was, it was, it wasn't even a relationship. I was, it was done. I was mentally checked out. And mm -hmm. he was the same. He was mentally checked out um, of his relationship years before I came along. Um, so we were at the same um, place. So we were a breath of fresh air for each other. And we had great conversation. We talked about any and everything possible, um, not just being in a relationship because that wasn't my intention or really his mm -hmm. in the beginning. We were just friends. Just friends. Just friends. Yeah. And we talked about every any and everything. Yeah, it's it I know when my my daughter finally introduced me to them. <laughs> that was because <laughs> all of a sudden, you know, from having four grandchildren, now I had eight. So um <laughs> but at the beginning it was it was tough. They you know, wouldn't really look at me. They were just ignoring me. And mm -hmm. I said, well, wow, how can I show them that even though, you know, yeah, I'm not their biological grandma, mm -hmm. but I can love them the same, the same way. Right. And it, it actually took, I think about two years for them to start feeling better you know, and saying, okay. And, and, and now they call me grandma and they hug me, they kiss me. And I say, wow, thank you. God. <laughs> you know, cause right. it was, a, it was tough going at the beginning. And yeah. then you just don't know if it's going to be okay, but you keep on trying. Right. You know, that's, right. the, that's the thing. And um, yeah. So I know like for myself, you know, me being put in that because my daughter lives uh, not far from, from us uh, was very challenging. It, yeah, it, 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 being in a blended family, you know, you you don't know what to ex expect. I had no idea mm -hmm. of what to ex expect. I, I never expected this situation with my oldest daughter at, at all. I never 
I've never had anyone that was like in, I guess, in my, my nest or in my family. Um, I've never had that situation before. So mm-hmm. I, I just didn't know how to react to it. I never had any friends with that situation. So yeah, I just didn't know what to expect. Now I've had people with that whole, you know, drama with the ex and all that stuff. And that bicker between the ex and the kids and they want to talk about each other. I am not an advocate for that. Yeah. That is something I do not like mm-hmm. at all. You know, now I can, you know, talk about it. My my kids are older. You know, I have an ex-husband and my youngest um, is, he'll be 20 in December. I, you know, my ex-husband was dead be dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But one of those two. So, (laughs) you know, I let my, I let my son figure that out for himself. Mm -hmm. I figured, you know, he'll figure it out. You know, I don't need to tell him. I don't need to tell you your dad isn't, you know, paying this or paying that. And I'm doing everything. I don't need to say that to a kid. They find out. They see. They don't don't see. I mean, kids are very observant. Mm -hmm. They, they pick up on things. Why, why should you, as a parent, tell your child that their mom or their dad is not paying tuition or not, not doing whatever they're not doing that you know that they should be doing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Why should you, why, why should you do that to them? Mm -hmm. Um, It's, it's just, you're putting your kids in adult situations. And I don't believe in putting kids in adult situations. Mm -hmm. If you're an adult, you handle your business and leave your kid out of it. I agree. 500% because my daughter decided the same does the same exact thing she said she would always say they'll figure it out they'll see they'll see the truth one day and the the it'll be up to them to decide what they want to do right let that kid love their parent whether they're a deadbeat or not and you just bite your tongue tell your friends Mm -hmm. you know when the the kid Mm -hmm. is far away and they're not in an earshot of what you have to say about their parent. Let them love them. Let mommy or daddy be their superhero and let them figure it out later on. I'm sure that if they are who you say that they are, they'll let them down enough and you just have to pick them up and brush their back and kiss them on their forehead and be there for them. Exactly, because that's what I see with my my two you know, grandkids, same exact thing. They understood later on, gee, wow, he didn't do this. He didn't do that. But, you know, it's their father. And I always tell them they they should love him. And and no matter what, don't judge him, accept him for who he is. Um, It's all that he knows. It's what he grew up with. So he's probably doing the same thing to you that, that he had, because he was also from, he was from a broken family and just 
you know, the, the biggest lesson I can, as I mentioned, is not to judge and, and acceptance and yes. forgive him. Because if you're holding on to that anger and stuff towards him, that, what is that doing for you? Nothing right. except getting you more angry and frustrated. And, and that exactly. energy is so unhealthy. Exactly. So it's important to forgive him because again, that's all that he knows. That's how he's been raised. That doesn't mean that you have to be the same way. And that's right. And, and it's so important. That's so true. And I, and I look and they understand. I mean, one is, um, she's going to be 19. The other, he's, he's 17. Um, and they understand. And my daughter has never, ever spoke harsh uh, about him. That's great. I, I love to hear that because there's so many people yeah, I know. that I hear uh, <laughs> that talk about the other parent in front of the child. Right. It's, you know, it. Th this is how, this was your challenge between each other. It don't make it the kids because the, right. it's, it's, it's not fair to separate them and to say, well, you need to love me more than him because I'm your mom or, you know, she's nothing hey. to you. It, you. You want it to be a peaceful, joyful, loving, you know, togetherness, togetherness. Mm -hmm. and, and I see that, that sometimes it's, it's not right because of the other, you know, mom or grandma or whomever, you know, gets involved. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and it would be so much better if we all just hugged and kissed and say, how are you? <laughs> you know, that's how I feel, but not everybody does the same, but um, yeah. And uh, I, I guess sometimes either the, they, someone maybe, do, do you feel that sometimes there should be couple therapy? Um, okay. Oh, definitely. My husband and I, we went early on um, in our relationship. I wanted to do it before we got married, but we went, I think it was maybe a month after we got married to couples therapy. Okay. So, mm -hmm. And do you feel it helped? It helped you? Oh, it, I think it, it, I, well, I know it helped a lot because I know that, you know, I had a lot of baggage that I was dealing with. And so did he. And it helped us to dig deeper and for each one of us to really get to know each other mm -hmm. and why we act the way that we do. We do. Mm -hmm. Now, did, did his wife or, or your husband, you know, your husband, did they go for therapy or? You know, I don't, I don't think that they did. Okay. Yeah. I don't think that they did. I know my ex-husband and I, we did not. We went, we went before we got married, just like that one time, that premarital counseling mm -hmm. um, with the pastor, and that was it. Oh, and then but there was nothing thereafter. There was nothing thereafter, but my husband and I, we went, uh, we had several sessions. <laughs> it was like for months, because I, we were both, um, we were really both gung-ho about this relationship working because this is both of our second marriages. Mm -hmm. And we was like, we don't, we don't want a third. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Cause then you got to go through it all over again. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. We was like, we don't want to do this again. Uh -huh. So we really need to make it work. 
and our our you know we we struggle sometimes um with the communication but most of the time it is on point and, and typically it's it's me um but i have grown a lot with my communication and um and with me sometimes it's the shutdown before I can get things out. And it's because I wanna make sure that I'm saying things um, in the right way to make sure that I'm not hurting feelings or it's just not, it's it's just coming out the right way. I know, I, I, I tell people all the time, be mindful of what comes out of your mouth because once it does, you can't take it back. That's that's right. You're right. Right. Because I know years ago, you know, before my, my first ever therapy sessions, you know, people used to say that, you know, my words would cut like a knife because, you know, I wouldn't think I would just blurt it out and just be out in the atmosphere. And, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't care who it hurt. Yeah, I wouldn't care who it hurt. <laughs> somebody walked in. Right, somebody walked in. Okay. <laughs> okay. But uh yeah, because with all the apologies thereafter, they they still remember those words. Right, right. That's the that's the thing. And it's it could be extremely well, besides being hurtful, it, it's like a little seed put into their head and then it starts to sprout, I feel. And they, they can't get over that. And then they hold it as old to hold it against us. <laughs> okay, I know we had a little challenge here with the computer freezing, but right, right. Oh, it, we're all good, we're back. <laughs> so, you know, I know we were talking about you going, you know, therapy and that the, you know, right. and then right. talking about, you know, once, crazy making words come out of our mouth we can't take it back and it's, it's right. important to uh to think before we speak uh and i i think for the most part most of us do i know sometimes i say um uh, crazy stuff but you know, Same here. I know it's it's being human i mean it, it is what it is i mean you know but uh yeah but it's important to um i, I always say you know, if someone pushes out buttons a little bit, um, mm -hmm. just to step back, because w whatever your action to that, it's, it's going to cause a reaction, you know, right. and, 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 you know, with divorced, you know, stepmom and stepdad and all that, we, we have to really try not to have that, that outburst of, you know, negativity, I want to say. Right, right. I, you know, I try not to react to, um, I would say everything or at least most things that, that have happened <laughs> or that happened um, to me, especially the negative things that happened. Yeah, which is, it's, it's hard, but yeah, I think mm -hmm. it's definitely, it's yeah. definitely hard, it's hard. But <laughs> because what... I always typically want to, I want to say something. <laughs> I know. And if I say usually the first thing that I'm thinking, this the thing that's on the top of my head is probably going to get me into some trouble. Some trouble, yeah. So you know, I have to sit back and think about it, and I'm like, you know, is it really worth me saying something, or you know, 
but then there's the moments where you know I'm like I have to respond to this <laughs> I really just can't let this go oh yeah I always say choose your battles right if it's really worth you know right the real effort you know <laughs> right. in arguing or, or getting your point across and sometimes it's like oh just forget it <laughs> you know, right. you know we're, we're done we're, we're good but so do you think in all of this you actually found yourself and you've gotten to know you know Nicole better you know I started or set out on my personal journey of finding myself um somewhere in and around the age of 30 because I had a lot of failed relationships. So this was before I met my husband. Um, you know, I just needed to know who I, who, who am I? Who is Nicole? What does she want? What type of uh, mate does she want? What is best for her kids? You know, I had two kids. Um, to boys, especially, who is going to help me raise these boys into men mm-hmm. uh, and make them um, productive um, members of society? Um, but who is going to help nurture and help me grow as a person? Um, so I, you know, I just took some time. So that meant dating me, that meant therapy. Um, that just meant not dating anyone else and getting to know who I was, what I like, um, and taking in all the information and also all the all the things, both good and bad, that people, either friends or people that I dated, that they have said about me. And, and just taking that all in and seeing what, how I can make myself better. Mm-hmm. Which is, instead of you just allowing that to just continue, Right. You really, you know, went deep inside of yourself and right. said, what, what is it that I need to change? Right. And I knew that the, the really the one thing or the number one thing um, that was a recurring theme was my anger. It was my and my mouth. Well, <laughs> that usually goes hand in hand. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> the way I respond, you know, uh-huh. you re- it was, you know, if someone asked me something or if you said something to me, I was quick with it. I was going to give you whatever, whatever was on top of my head, whether it was good or bad. Uh-huh. And I thought that I was just being a real person. Uh, I was going to give it to you raw and uncut. But in that, I was hurting people's feelings. I was cutting them down. Um, and it, it wasn't a good way for me to be um so I had to change that so now I stop and think and right is it really worth me saying that Mm -hmm. um what am I getting out of that I I I don't need to tear people down and I wasn't doing it on purpose to be nasty Mm -hmm. I just thought okay you asked me a question I'm going to give it to you I'm not going to 
you know, if you ask me, how does this look? I'm going to tell you, well, it makes you fat. It makes your stomach stick out a little more. Well, I could have left that part out. I just said it makes yeah. you look fat, you know? So I was just too much. I was just too over the top with it. And, you know, I just didn't need to be that way. And yeah, I know that I, feeling. <laughs> yeah, I had to realize that. <laughs> I was one of those people. Um, but the good was that I was a good person, which the world needs good people. So mm-hmm. that was a, a great thing. Um, but they just kept saying, oh, that temper. Yeah, that temper. <laughs> I know. Uh, you know, I was born and raised in Brooklyn in the projects and boy, you had to be tough or else Mm -hmm. you just didn't survive. I had two older brothers. I had to be Uh tough. I played football with, with them and their friends. You know, I'm a, I'm a tomboy. So, you know, that was just the way it was. Mm -hmm. And I had, I had to, you know, make sure my, my younger sister who was four and a half years younger than I, uh, I always defended her and, you know, anyone, said anything boy I was there to you know beat him up (laughs) (laughs) yeah I realized gee you know you don't have to go Brooklyn on people it's okay to you know to change and I started changing the same the same age around around my 30s yeah yeah I just I just needed to transform and be a lot softer and not come off so edgy Mm-hmm. And I think that helped me. Well, I know that helped me survive and stay in this relationship because we we would not have we wouldn't be here to today because I was like, OK, I don't like what you said. I'm gone. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I yeah. was that I was that girl. Yeah. OK, Education. next. Let's, right. <laughs> I, I was the same way, you know, um, but then when I found that, you know, the love of my life, uh, we're married 52 years. And, wow. and the key congratulations. To Thank you. I keep on telling myself. <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but the key is communication and being kind it is. and respect. It really is. Yeah. That, that, that's what it is. Right. It really is. And I'm like, I can't believe I'm talking to you about this stuff. Like I say this to him. I'm like, I can't believe you still, you still like me. Yeah. right. <laughs> I know sometimes he looks at me and he says, you're mean. And I say, I mean, gee, I, I thought I changed, <laughs> <You know? laughs> but it's my husband. So, and I know for 56 years, so it's okay. <laughs> right. You know, it just is what it is. But yeah, it's about respecting each other and, mm-hmm. and knowing, you know, our words can really hurt, do damage to their feelings. Right. And I, my goal has been in this relationship to respect him and not hurt his feelings or him in any kind of way. And that's what I strive to do. So I make sure if we have any type of disagreement that I pause to make sure that that old me never, ever surfaces Mm -hmm. in any of our discussions. Yeah, I feel the same way with our relationship and with my friends and family. You know, I really watch what comes out of my mouth because it's out into the universe. I can't take it back. And I really don't want to hurt anybody. But, you know, I'll be very truthful, but it's how how we say it. Right. 
Now, for so a few people from time to time, they still get it. They get it. But, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> but I, I, I strive to be the, the better me mm-hmm. every day. And I, it does take a little more. I would, I would say almost, I'm not going to, I can't say a lot. I would say a little, a little, little <laughs> more <laughs> for people to bring it out of me mm-hmm. now. Then I'll, I'll actually stop and think about it now before that old stuff comes out. Yeah. And, you know, the, the times where it has, I remember recently someone took me to that point and I let someone really have it. And I reflected on it. I'm like, oh man, oh, I was so angry that the person even took me to that. And I'm like, oh, I was doing so well. And why did they have to do that to me (laughs) to allow me to act in that? Yeah. Yeah, I, I know that. And, and you know, it's just dealing with those difficult people that know how to push right. buttons. Right. You know? But if you don't have a reaction to their to what they want to do to you, then where can they go with it? They, nowhere, unless they continue is, you know, do it. But uh, yeah. You, right. That was this situation. I was trying to be so calm mm-hmm. and, I, you know, I was trying to be nice and everything. And they just kept on. And I just was like, it just tipped over. Sometimes it does. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. I, I, it's happened to me. I mean, yeah. it's, you know, it is what it is. But yeah, I, I, I become more mindful of, of my words and more yeah, mindful yeah. of, yeah, of what they're trying to do to me to make that, to see that anger come out or that reaction. And mm-hmm. then I say, Mm-mm, you, I ain't going there. Yeah. And especially now I have my, my grandson. So I am really, really mindful of what I say and what I do because he sees everything. Yes. How old is he? <laughs> He's two. Oh God. They'll repeat everything. And he, oh my goodness. <laughs> I went to the airport and it's the airport here that I just hate because I get so turned around all the time. And it was just him and I, and we were flying together and I was like, I miss the parking where we were supposed to go to park. And I forgot he was in the back seat. and I have been doing so well on not <laughs> using any profanity. And I said one word and I was like, oh my God, he's in the car. And when you know it, he stored the word in his, yes. his memory bank for two weeks. Oh, gee. <laughs> two whole weeks. Uh-huh. And he used it at preschool. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they do to us. <laughs> so when uh-huh. I put him in the car, I picked him up and put him in the car. He said, well. He used the word today and I said, I said, oh my gosh, really? And he was already out of sight. And when she told me, I said, oh my goodness. I said, I have not said anything around him. No one has used the word around him. <laughs> she told me and he used it right on, 
in the perfect <laughs> yeah, perfect timing right? perfect timing everything uh-huh and I and I told her I said that was me he got that from me so I fessed <laughs> up <laughs> I said I have not said any profanity around him I don't let him listen to any of that stuff on the radio he has his own CDs in the car and he stored that for as I said two weeks ago at the yeah. airport I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> That's all it takes. That's all it takes. With them, I used to say, you mean truck, right? And <laughs> no, 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 Graham, I don't mean truck. <laughs> I said, oh no, my daughter's going to kill me. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So I'm extra, extra careful of what I do and what I say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have to be. <laughs> right. Right now, though, my the one's a Marine and uh, I have a three and a five year old, but they live in Florida. Um, and so the ones here, one's a Marine and we have two in college and the other ones are in high school. And boy, sometimes I look at them and I say, what did you say? You know, <laughs> you know and they say, oh, grandma, I know you know how to curse, but that's not the point. <laughs> where, where are you learning this from? Right. <laughs> You know, but right. yeah, <clears throat> hopefully they won't use it when they get married and have kids. That's <laughs> what <laughs> right. we pray, play. I'm praying. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, but at least they feel comfortable to say something like that. So, but yeah, it's, it's crazy. But um, so, you know, just briefly, if you have your three books and then mm-hmm. one's about blended family. And what are the other two about? So the, my first book is called Blended to Perfection. Uh-huh. And so that one is, it's about my life and why I am the way that I am and about my blended family and some of the trials and tribulations. So it has a story about not all the children, but some of the scenarios um, and what I went through with a few, a couple of the kids. Mm-hmm. And, and then it talks about um, how I got into my business. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so that's, that's blended to perfection. The second book is Dating Made Simple for Women. Um, it's, 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 a, it's a, like a guide of that dating um, myself, that whole little, that time frame. It's about a, almost maybe six months to a year. Um, and it was just how I did it and what came out of it. Um, it prepared me for my next real relationship. You know, I was in a couple of relationships after that that weren't so, well, really one that wasn't that successful, but I was able to see that it wasn't going to be successful. Mm. Uh, the guy he wanted to marry me gave me a ring but I knew when he gave me the ring that I was not going to set a date Mm. and the only reason I accepted the ring is because he kept on asking me and he didn't want to hear the word no (laughs) he didn't want to hear the word no and I'm like okay Nicole if you don't take this ring you're going to have some problems (laughs) and and yeah it, it was a problematic relationship yeah um, but that 
that relationship definitely prepared me along with the dating myself, along with reading some books and some self-help CDs and things of that nature prepared me for my marriage. For your marriage now. <clears throat> yes. Um, and then my next book is Nick Jr.'s Hat Adventures. That I wrote um, in conjunction with my grandson. He loves hats. Oh, okay. Uh, it can be any anyone's hat, any any kind of hat. Um, he does have a favorite hat, which is a red knit hat. But he just loves hats. So that book is about his love for hats. Oh, my. Okay. <clears throat> and then I have the book that is coming out, Moms Who Boss Up Post-Pandemic. That'll be out November the, um, the 6th. I'm sorry, November the 9th um of this year and then I'm also working on um um leaders with impact that'll be out the beginning should be done beginning of next year wow you a busy bee yeah and in the midst of that I do have one that I am I've I'm finished editing the the book I have a couple of um I actually have a couple of tweaks <laughs> Um, I've edited it, but I just have a couple of tweaks that I actually need to put <laughs> in in the right format mm-hmm. um, that will, I haven't decided when I want it to be official and I haven't uh, decided when it's going to actually come out. And that is the second series to the Dating Made Simple book. Wow. Congratulations. A lot of work. So in total, um, by the, I guess, by the time Leaders with Impact comes out, beginning of next year, it'll be six books total. Wow, that's a lot. <laughs> I'm working on my second one, and that's taking forever. So I yeah, the, the first one took a very, very long time. The, the second one is very short. That was pretty easy, and the children's book, um, was very short. That one was very, very easy. Um, the series, the second series to the dating book, that has been like a, a, a challenge because I was like, oh, I want to put this in. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I want to put that in. <laughs> Writing the chapter <clears throat> was very easy um, in the Moms Who Boss Up post-pandemic because I'm working with another organization. Right, okay. So yeah. wow. So mm-hmm. you can get your books on Amazon. I, I would. Yep. Wow. So, you know, Amazon. This Amazon does everything. <laughs> yes, it does. I know. <laughs> Including self-publishing. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, which I'm looking to do eventually <laughs> once I get the rights of my book back. But um, wow. So I <laughs> your life is incredible. <laughs> it's filled with a lot of stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and, and I could see you so grounded and focused and centered. I mean, that's like. That's the power of prayer. Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, I know and that. And I definitely too. have a praying mother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I pray every morning and every night and, and in between when I need to. So uh, I, I'm a firm believer in prayer and gratefulness and gratitude and, and, and being a good soul. Right. So, that's right. That's what so, it takes. Yeah, this sure does. But um, well, where can my listeners get a hold of you and your books and and everything else that you have to offer? So all the books are on Amazon. They will soon be on my on my website. And 
So I have, I have a, a couple of different websites. Um, so let's talk about the newest one. <clears throat> so my newest venture actually is called Savvy Sister Society. Mm. And Savvy Sister Society is all about women's empowerment. So everything that has to do with women's empowerment. <clears throat> so Savvy Sisters Society is on Instagram. And um, you can, you for email, it's hi at Savvy Sister Society. For the website, it's Savvy Sis, S-I-S, Society. Um, and for... Let me see, what is it for um, the website is Savvy Sis Society. Okay. So we're <clears> going <throat> to have all that information, you know, okay. uh, at the end of all this. So yeah, give me all your websites, your okay. everything that you have. <laughs> so that's Savvy Sis Society. So that uh -huh. is all about women's empowerment. And when you go to um, Instagram for Savvy Sis Society, it is women empowering other women. So you can, you have to be a member, you can chat with other women about, you know, your, your highs, your lows, um, your, your, whatever you would like to talk about um, in that forum um, as a woman. Um, you know, what do I do with this? I'm about to be awarded for that. Um, you know, what do you suggest here? Or I'm going through this there, that, that type of situation. Oh, that type of, well, good because yes. women need that. <clears throat> yeah, we do. We need to be empowered and lift each other up in, in each and every way, every day. Um, now my talk to Nicole brand, um, the, the website is um, talktonicole.com. Um, the Instagram is talktonicoleoh. The, the Facebook is just talktonicole. And the email is nicole at talktonicole.com. Ah, oh, wow. Okay. Well, yeah. Make sure you send me everything. So I can put <laughs> yeah, it's so much to remember. Yes, it's a lot to remember. <laughs> to think about it. Because <laughs> it's not very often. I, I don't I don't send emails to myself very often. <laughs> I'm not big on social media. Yeah, I am a little bit, but uh, not really. So yeah, it, it's so, challenging. Yeah. But um, wow, you know. It, and so talk to Nicole is all about the whole blended, it's all about blended families. Mm -hmm. It's all about relationship coaching. Um, and it and it's still about women's empowerment and and lifting each other up, but it's more geared toward blended families and healthy relationships. And so it's a little more specific. Because I think that's where I found you. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it was intriguing because, you know, as I mentioned, we are, you know, and I say we, meaning my daughter and my son, you know, mm -hmm. are blended families. And, um, and once you get through that hardship and, 
and everything else, then you're good to go, hopefully. Exactly. It's, mm-hmm. it's just being able to weather, you know, that, that storm and, um, you know, it depends on how severe your storm is, but, you know, all I can tell people is hang on, hold on tight and just be prepared. Keep, put your seatbelt on and just strap <laughs> in, and, you know, for that, uh-huh. for that ride, because <laughs> you, you just, you never know, but eventually the ride is going to, you know, come to the end and hopefully you have a beautiful sunset, you know, at the end, you're, you're on a, standing on the mountain, at the top of the mountain, you're seeing that beautiful sunset. And oh, I would say that's where I am right now with my family. It's just, it's beautiful. Oh, I'm so happy for you, believe me. And, uh, and, and I'm so honored that you, you said yes to coming on to my podcast. <laughs> oh, thank you for having me. It's definitely a pleasure. Anytime I get to talk about my family, um, it, it's, it's great. It's, it's great, especially from where we've been, where we were, and to now, you know, it's, it's just awesome. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. And just send me all your information. So make sure that it's on YouTube and Spotify and Apple and everywhere else that it needs to be. You got it. You got it. Thank thank you. you. Thank you so much, Nicole. Thank you. Thank you. I really enjoyed this hour. Believe me. Same here, Barbara. Thank you so much. Are you welcome? So I I just want to thank my listeners, uh, you know, for listening today and a very big, big thank you to Nicole uh, for being a guest on my show. And I hope that you heard what you needed to hear. Uh, So again, thank you for listening and visit me at motivateyourlife.net. And please visit and subscribe to my YouTube channel, The Spiritual Warrior Coach. And I also have another channel called Barbara Saban. And there I have some grounding meditations and uh, sleep and relaxation and some other stuff things for you to enjoy. Uh, And again, thank you so much for listening. And uh, if you're looking to learn energy healing, uh, check out my book on Amazon, Gentle Energy Touch, The Beginner's Guide to Hands-On Healing. Uh, I'd love to hear from you again, uh, motivateyourlife.net or just email me at barbaraesaven at aol.com. So again, thank you so much for listening and have a beautiful week filled with love and with light, love. Barbara. My guest today, Nicole Odom Hardnett. For more information, visit www.talktonicole.com. Visit me, Barbara Savin, at www.motivateyourlife.net. Please subscribe to this YouTube channel, The Spiritual Warrior Coach Podcast. Have a beautiful day filled with love and light, Barbara.